Hello everyone and welcome to the final episode of the series for the Dialed In podcast. Very uh, sad that the series is coming to an end, but of course not quite an end yet because we've got one more guest and that's Luke Powell from Sage. Um, in this episode I'll be chatting to uh, Luke about Sage and uh, making coffee at home, the way that Sage took off uh, or kind of... Uh, massively grew over the lockdown and and how everyone started making home espresso um so it's really interesting and also looking forward to the kent coffee festival um big thank you to our sponsors the green coffee collective for uh, sponsoring this series of the dialed in podcast um if you haven't come across the green coffee collective they're a fantastic organization working with producers um and coffee communities across the world and uh selling their coffee in small quantities for roasters to be able to buy uh, in uh, from from five kilo batches so yeah great great um, organizations so check them out at greencoffeecollective.com anyway let's crack on with the final podcast of the series hello and welcome to the Darding podcast i'm joined by uh, luke powell from sage hello luke hello luke also um yeah going on well yeah, how are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good, yeah. Just getting into the swing of things, um, getting ready for Christmas. It's our busiest period as, as yeah. everyone looks to their home kitchens and uh, thinks what Absolutely. maybe a coffee machine might fit there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, a good place to start. So, so tell us a bit about yourself and, and Sage and how long you've been with uh, with Sage. Yeah, so I've, um, I've been with Sage three and a half years now. Um, started back pre-pandemic. Um, I was tasked tasked with a wonderful, I, I, my first job was to try and set up a network of coffee schools across the entire, entire UK to try and help nice. people make coffee. And yeah, just as it was about to launch, COVID. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I put a damper on things. <laughs> it put a bit of a damper, but it, you know, it led us to innovate, let's say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what, what part of the, for anyone who doesn't know about Sage, tell us a bit about Sage and, and what part of the business do you work in? Um, yeah, so I've, my role has been, con- my role as a Sage has been constantly evolving. Um, so Sage is a kitchen appliance manufacturer. Um, they have a huge research and development um, and product development capability based out of Australia. Um, they've been around since like the 1980s early in the 19, like 60s, I think. They, uh, yeah. they, they made one of the first ham radios, oh, <laughs> which wow. is a claim to fame. Um, or if you're Australian, they're, they're, they're exceptionally famous um, for a unit called the a Jaffle Maker. Um, oh. For anyone in the UK, that's like a cheese toasty maker. Oh, okay. So they, they invented it. You know when you have a cheese toasty and it crimps the edges? Yeah. Um, that's an Australian thing called a Jaffle. And they're, oh. they're so proud of it. If you're with the company for five years, um, you get a Jaffle award every five wow. years. And it's like a oh, golden okay. Jaffle. Yeah. yeah nice. <laughs> so that's Sage. Uh, and they've been innovating ever since. They're probably most famous now. Um, and and it's the majority of our sales is, is coffee machines. So they make mm-hmm. at the world's best coffee machines for your home um, alongside loads of other incredible innovative kitchen appliances. But... I think anyone listening to this will, will know them from the coffee machines, but please check out everything else. Um, although my, my specific role is 100% coffee, um, so I work in the speciality coffee business unit, as it's called. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And what's your, what's your background in coffee? 
Um, long. <laughs> so I, um, I went to university um, in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and I did. It's like the most old-fashioned story ever. I went to the closest coffee shop and I said, "Can I have a job?" And it just so turned out that the guy who ran that coffee shop it was called Cafe Creme. Uh, it's yeah. still there in the Peter Frogger Center in Queen's University. Um, he was a world barista judge and UKBC yeah. entrant. So like within three months, he was like, do you want to go do a coffee competition? And I was like, sounds easy. Uh, like, like, sounds pretty, <laughs> I was, you know, I was, <laughs> I was an optimistic guy. I was like, you know, yeah. say yes to stuff. I think maybe yeah. the movie Yes had recently come out. So I said, yeah, sure. Um, so I entered a bunch of competitions and then since then, I've just uh, been in various roles throughout coffee. So from like mm. commercial roasteries, uh, I, I worked for a syrup company for a period of time. I've sold a lot of accessories, peripherals, um, yeah. and now Sage. Wow. How did you do in competitions? Poorly. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry for asking. <laughs> so I, I, entered in, I entered in Northern Ireland and I almost got disqualified. Um, right. which 100% makes sense. Um, I looked to the crowd and I asked my boss for help. It turns out you are not allowed to ask judges <laughs> for help during your presentation. No. Um, and I mean, it went so badly that they then stopped doing a Northern Irish Heat for the UKBC. Uh, so mm -hmm. I entered the Irish Barista Championships three years in a row. And every year, an incredible barista called Colin Harmon won. I think he won seven years in a row. Uh, right. So I, I blame that, but in reality, I just I just wasn't that good, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sure you were. I'm sure it just wasn't your year. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my year over and over again. Over and over again. <laughs> but it was a great experience. Yeah, I think everyone says the same thing. Like competitions are incredible to enter because it it helps you hone what you want from coffee to like understand yeah. what what it means. If that makes. at least uh, the best competitors, I think, try and figure that out. I don't, I didn't do it truly, but like no. it helps you figure out like, especially if you want to start a coffee shop, what you want yeah, to give to your cool. customer, like what is coffee all about that hospitality of like serving someone, serving someone, a, a, something they actually want to drink an experience yeah. they want to have. Yeah. They're intense though. Competitions, right? Did you not, did you feel like a, an amount of intense pressure <laughs> being part of it? <laughs> Yeah, one time I actually I spilled a coffee on the judges' table. Um, I don't think there's any negative points for it because they mark you on your presentation prior, but it's definitely not a good look. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's I've never seen a winner who spills their coffee because then you have to remake them yeah. as well. So yeah, it, yeah. I would say yeah, it's pretty probably pretty bad. I'd hate to watch it back. I think there's probably a live stream of it somewhere. By, maybe like Steve Leitner's has been was live streaming it, and I don't know if he's kept yeah. them. But you you know. If anyone really wants to see someone embarrass themselves, please, you know, find check it. Check that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, check, check, check it out. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> well, um, back to the coffee machine. So um, Sage has got a great range of coffee machines. Um, anyone who's, who's come across the range, you've got a great range about them. Tell us about the range and tell us kind of where it goes from and where it goes to. Yeah, absolutely. So the the range, it's all based on this, on the precepts so they they went to or the, the australian development team like i'm i'm not involved in developing the machines far better people yeah. are um the they're developed in essence on these like they call it the four keys formula or it used to be the four key elements essentially what are the requirements of a machine to create speciality coffee so they put it through as 18 to 20 grams dose like enough coffee in your in your coffee puck to make great coffee mm -hmm. the right temperature with pid control the right pressure with nine bar 
with overpressure valves, and then the ability to make microphone milk. Essentially, they, they backward engineered it from, what's your favorite coffee shop experience? How do we replicate that? And what are the prerequisites? So all the machines do that. And then it's like figuring out what you want to do. So we have this, it's our biggest issue essentially is trying to find the correct machine for the correct user in that some people want to be super hands-on. They'll want to, I'm sure you've spoken to them. Um, if you've been in a coffee shop for any period of time, some people get really nerdy about coffee and they, they want a level of acuity, um, a level of interaction that's in excess um, of what I would potentially like. Um, and mm -hmm. so other people just don't want to do anything. They want, a, yeah. they like, they go to coffee shops because they love great coffee. But they, they don't want to learn to be a barista, which which I, I get. Um, I also understand. So we need to make a breadth of machines. So they go from, we put them into series, which I guess would be a good example of like what would be like the third way uh, experience. So the first one's a Bambino. So it doesn't have a grinder, um, super quick heat up time. And it, the idea is it's um, a perfect transition from, you know, like Nespresso pod machines. So we saw a lot of yeah. people try different machines. They try every pod in the world and they end up with like, Maybe pods aren't that good, uh, you know. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to be mean. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. But but like, if you enjoy pods, that's amazing. Like, and please continue to enjoy them, especially if you find like speciality pods and stuff like that. Um, but there's like a there's a vibrancy and a there's a vibrancy to espresso that's different mm. to what pods can offer. So we wanted to make a machine that's good in that transition transition from pods upwards. Then we got the Brista series, which all have integrated grinders, and they range from like the Pro, which is a super um a super good beginner machine but also pretty much through to end user like it's a perfect end machine also um mm. with like stainless steel conical burrs three second heat up time um or the brista touch which has a touch screen so it gives you that like like an intuitive touch screen with a menu and stuff like that so it's trying yeah. to find those little features and then i didn't mention for bambino there's a bambino bambino plus one has automated automatic milk and then for the bam Barista series, the Barista Touch has automatic milk. So it's this idea that, you know, some people, again, they don't want to learn how to texture milk. And mm. for me, even like one of the things I'm surprised no one no, sort of understands about the machines, they also do like alternative milks automatically, like right out of the box, yeah. um, which is actually one of the reasons I loved Sage because um, it just did it. Um, and then the yeah. final bit is the dual boiler series. So there's a dual boiler machine, which is essentially the best value dual boiler machine I think in the world like mm. I say I don't think there's any better ones at the moment <laughs> based on its price um, yeah. but I'm sure you'll have spoken to a few people who have made similar claims I believe that claim um, mm. and then yeah. there's the oracles so the oracles are like pardon yes absolutely no fair enough believe the claim and <laughs> <laughs> um, then we've got the oracle series so these are they're based on essentially the experience we've had a lot, which is like we sell in John Lewis and, and a lot of other vendors and people come in and they say, I want a bean to cup machine. And yeah. if you've ever worked with bean to cup machines, they can't make a coffee. <laughs> like, yeah. I hate, to, I hate to say it. There's some, there are some, um, mm -hmm. if, if anyone's sponsoring you who makes bean to cup machines, I'm sure they're incredible. Um, <laughs> but in my experience as selling commercial bean to cup machines, they're, they're not built mm. to make an incredible coffee experience. They're meant to make it exceptionally easy and consistent experience. So we made a machine, uh, or Sage Breville retail group made a machine um, called the Oracle series where it grinds, it tamps, it automatically steams milk. It has a dual boiler so you can do those two actions simultaneously. It memorizes your menu options. So it, it's in essence a bean to cup. You still have to pour your milk 
um, and you have to transition the porter filter from the grinder to the group head. So it means yeah. it, it still hits all those key points. It still makes like incredible, like the best espresso of your life, along with the best milk quality of your life. But like you don't have to do anything. Um, so mm. it, what, uh, the president of Sage, his his kid, who I think it was ten, he's he's older now, but he can make coffee on that machine. I think anyone Fantastic. can, to be honest, because it has like a screen, <laughs> it, like it guides you through. It's like literally yeah. like a barista holding your hand. Um, yeah. which I think we forget in the speciality world. Like, it took a while to learn all this stuff. It's like, I, yeah. you'll go up to a machine, I'll go up to a machine, and we're like, cool, this kind of makes sense. In most mm -hmm. instances, even some machines, I don't, I don't really know how to use them because they're yeah. weird. Um, <laughs> but we forget that, like, maybe if you've, if you've trained for 10 years, things are easier. Um, mm -hmm. And if you've just popped into uh, John Lewis or if you've popped into your local coffee shop and they've, they've sold you a coffee machine, Maybe yeah. you don't know how to make great coffee. This podcast is sponsored by the Green Coffee Collective, a community of specialty green coffee sourcing partners, processors, and farmers who've come together from all corners of the coffee producing world with a collective purpose to support early stage roasters, whilst at the same time, promoting transparent trade. The way they work means that specialty roasters can access their coffees in five kilo quantities, which is particularly great for roasters who are just starting out. I know this would have been a resource I'd have loved when I was starting out roasting. Connecting growers and end consumers is invaluable, so we're pleased to be working with the Green Coffee Collective and showcasing what they do. You can check them out by visiting their website, greencoffeecollective.com, or have a look at their Instagram, at greencoffeecollective. Now, back to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's fascinating because we get asked so many times like, I want to make espresso at home. What do you recommend? And it kind of seems like the the question more is like, how involved do you want to get in doing that process? Yeah. Because you can spend you can really spend what you want on an espresso machine, can't you? For home, you know, you could spend a yeah. couple hundred pounds or you could spend a few thousand pounds. And at the end of the yeah. day, all of them will make coffee. <laughs> but it's about Pretty what much, you yeah. want to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, so it's really that's it, that's I guess the hardest bit for us. We've got like we've we've put in place some really incredible initiatives. So like we have the easiest one is there's a quiz on our website and it asks you these really simple questions and it picks a machine for you. And yeah. it's hard to explain it to customers because they kind of think they know best because the customer's always right, the customer's always first. But in reality, like look to experts. Um, mm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, if they say, you know, you don't seem like if, if you don't want to be hands on with the machine, like don't get a machine that's 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 really, really hands on because mm. you can spend five grand on a coffee machine. Um, if if you don't then want to use that machine, you've, you're, you're not going to get the cup that you want. Um, mm. But, you know, if, if you do, if you want to, you know, spend loads of money and get an incredible machine, you can do that, which is kind of one of the great things about coffee. Um, but we wanted to make it clear that like, 2000 3000 4000 none of those price tags are, are required to get incredible our, our machines are still quite expensive but like mm. the before i started at sage um it's a little insight into sage's passion towards coffee um they said i need to have an in-depth knowledge of every single unit before i came to interview and yeah. so i went to a john lewis and i bought a coffee machine which was the bambino the cheapest one and mm. i unboxed it um I, I ground some coffee, and at the time, I was I was working for a really big commercial um, roaster. I actually had a linear mini at home, um, mm. and I didn't really use it too much. <laughs> and I yeah. put the bambino next to it, 
with like a 200 pound grinder or two, 269 grand pound grinder, 400 pound espresso unit. Um, I didn't really dial it in too much. I just put some coffee in the top. I ran a shot. Mm. It, you know, it stopped volumetrically. It was actually a really good extraction, which was arguably just luck. Um, so I didn't have to change <laughs> any grind settings. And then I steamed the milk automatically and I put some latte art and I was like, oh, because obviously I, I yeah. was selling really expensive coffee machines at the time. And I just literally presumed um, mm. you needed to spend seven or 8,000 pounds to get your coffee. And it kind of blew mm. my mind that I'd spent, yeah, 600 pounds. I hadn't had to steam the milk and I, and I'd got exactly the cup of coffee, like the, a cup of coffee as good as my local specialty coffee shop, which was weird, weird for me, <laughs> like yeah, absolutely yeah. confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anything, uh, my number one recommendation to anyone, whenever they ask me, like, what do I do to get a coffee machine? I'm like, go to your local coffee shop. Like, if you really mm. like specialty coffee, go there. And, like, buy coffee from them, interact with them, because that's kind of what we're looking for. Like, for us, mm. we kind of, we need people to know what great coffee's like. Because, you know, mm. if, you, if you drink instant, if you drink pods, you might not care about this, as because you've never mm. tried it. So mm. we always recommend like, just go to a good coffee shop. If you like that experience, they'll probably really appreciate it. If you buy a bag of coffee from them and drink that coffee yeah. five, 10 times a day, in addition to coming to their coffee shop, just as often as you, as you normally do. That for me is like the speciality. That's, that's where I envision the speciality community going. Um, COVID or not, COVID definitely sped that up. Um. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that, and that all feeds into the same thing, doesn't it? Because the more people interested in coffee, going to their roasters, going to their local cafes, uh, it feeds into this home market. So that brings me on to my next question. How has the kind of home market changed in the last, well, let's say, <laughs> two, three years? Because I imagine there was yeah. a point around kind of April uh, 2020 where you were flat out selling coffee machines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we like everyone else, I think I, it was it was a bit awkward for me as, as, as a salesman, I guess, uh, in that I contacted a bunch of roasters. They said like, oh, I just want to sell really expensive machines uh, or I don't want to sell any coffee machines. It's fine. COVID hit and everyone wanted to, Sage, we were out of stock for months. Uh, we, we just mm. couldn't, we couldn't deal with supply. Um, but it I guess it really helped people realize, I think a lot of people potentially dived into buying an espresso machine for their home who maybe shouldn't have bought one. Um, but it, it definitely got a, a lot of people over the line. And I think a lot of people did buy machines and now really loving them. Um, so yeah. for us, like home espressos skyrocketed. Um, and now we're just kind of hoping that it keeps going to be honest, because I think a lot of people, for us, we kind of envision it, a lot of people are starting to realize their working habits have changed forever. You know, like mm -hmm. it's not just this COVID's over, you're back in the office five days a week. It's like, mm -hmm. if you're having really great coffee at home, like your best coffee experience shouldn't just be at a coffee shop once a week when you visit town. Like it, mm -hmm. and more importantly, you shouldn't drive to town every day to get a coffee. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, yeah. I hope this doesn't affect your business, but like, it's not a sustainable <laughs> way to live. Um, <laughs> it's potentially not a good future for us to live in. So the idea yeah. of having like great coffee at home, great interactions with, with roasters and specialty coffee shops and having this like hybrid working model, but also just like nice coffee everywhere, as opposed mm. to, you know, I only have good coffee at the, at my office coffee shop. Isn't something mm. I hear often. 
Um, or I already have good coffee on my drive into work when I go through a drive-through. It's like a Costa. Yeah. These aren't the experiences we want to we want to nurture. We kind of want it mm-hmm. to be. Hopefully, people have realized like if you're at home and you enjoy coffee, buy a coffee machine. Is is our yeah. pitch? And I, it's a it's a wholehearted pitch. Like, don't just yeah. have one nice coffee a week. I hope you'll probably appreciate this as well. Like, I guess you'd far prefer customers to have really nice coffee all the time that they buy from you and they get like little tasting cards and they like immerse themselves in that as opposed to they come in once a month and they say i wish i came in more often yeah absolutely <laughs> well I, I i think it's such a compelling argument because it is actually relatively easy to make good coffee at home and whether you're yeah. you know whether you're looking at kind of filter options or you're looking at espresso there's ways to do it and um what's great about your products is they make them accessible to people and that's like yeah. that's got to be the way in isn't it because it can't be a daunting experience to have you know this big flashy piece of kit on on the side and you don't know what to do or you have to spend half an hour every morning dialing it in and uh you yeah. <laughs> end up with a product that you, you know you waste your time with so yeah. how do you kind of how do you kind of work on that bit about i mean uh, like getting users to make good coffee at home so is there lots of kind of do you do lots of like training or online videos and stuff to help people yeah. make good coffee we do lots um we've uh, we've tried to think of everything i guess like uh not definitely not just me like the whole the whole business realizes that this is our our biggest our biggest issue right is that sometimes it takes some some hard work to get a really great product like to get a really great cup of coffee like i'm yeah. sure you've been to a bunch of coffee shops that maybe aren't so good so we, we, we've been working really hard to f- essentially figure out obviously that all the machines do those four key elements but kind of rhymed it out so we we wanted to make it so people can get the right coffee that was the number one thing um yeah a lot of people don't realize that sourcing great coffee is a thing you can't just go to you know your local costco or something and buy coffee and it's all the same like commodity purchase mm. uh, so we need to get people the right coffee we need to get people classes so as i said like right at the start we tried to do these classes in person and then yeah. i guess weird to say thankfully due to covid um we were forced to do it online in that it was illegal i think it was illegal to have large gatherings <laughs> of people to sip from the same cup <laughs> like it yeah. should have been illegal uh, yeah. so we couldn't do that and that, arguably that's the best way to teach people right is in person but we we, mm. we moved it over to an online one so if, if anyone searches sage Masterclass on youtube um, you can see me in my kitchen during covid like brewing coffee so i did that every week um, and we've continued doing it, not me anymore, every week for <laughs> three years. Every single week, it's yeah. completely free of charge. And it just means that like, you can log in, you can ask questions, because I think everyone, everyone in the world of speciality kind of looks down on customers who can't figure out coffee, because it's really hard. Um, mm. And we wanted to just be like really open. It was this, people all had the same questions, like, mm. what dose should I use? And it was this issue that everyone, everyone gives out. There's lots of machines, there's lots of brewing methods, there's lots of... I guess nerdery and geekery, which is good stuff and it's interesting stuff. But for a first-time user, they don't care too much. They just want to know, like, what's the what's like the three steps to get good coffee? Yeah. And we're like, well, give me six steps, and we can maybe get there. So we <laughs> we did all that. Obviously, all obviously this this is all. Uh, the only reason we could do this is because the machines already had loads of, like, essentially, if you buy a Sage machine, it comes with everything you need. So. Mm we weren't in this position of like, go out and buy scales, go out and buy this, get that. It was like, mm. we we will do a class with the stuff that came in your box. 
apart from the coffee, obviously, to yeah. get you great coffee. And so, like, there's little bits, like, there's a razor, which everyone always hates. Um, I, I still don't, I haven't heard a compelling argument why, but it's, so it's, if you've seen it, in the, I don't know if you've used the stage machine, it comes, so you, yeah. you fill it up with coffee, and instead of using a scale, you tamp it, and you use the razor, and it'll give you about 18 grams. Mm. And my pitch to everyone was like, the purpose of the scales is just to give you a consistent dose. It's not to get like, mm. no, I've never heard someone argue like, you have to have 17.6 grams, that's like the go-to. Because yeah. it. I just I don't I I don't think anyone can make that argument. So we were like, as long as it's a consistent dose, it means all the changes you make to grind size, all of the like intuitive features of the machine, and those basic lessons we can teach um, about like grind size and and extraction time, those all make sense if you have a single dose. So we mm. we put in the razor, and we were just trying to teach people that. But like the baskets are meant for eighteen grams. Use that. Um, so we did that. We then we also created, or majority of the Australian team created this incredible teaching website. So if you go onto the Sage Appliances website, you can click Discover, and there's a there's like a coffee, like a coffee section, and yeah. it's just how to make every drink from a coffee shop, and then it has like all the basics of coffee for free, all there just to yeah. look at. I don't know how many people have viewed it. Um, but that's a really good tool. <laughs> and then you can also, I guess, the, to show you the extent of like our, our passion and desire just to help people. Um, like you can go on right now onto the website and there's a little thing in the corner that says talk to an expert. And I think usually people think that's a bot. Um, mm. it's, it's not a bot. It, it, it <laughs> dials you into a studio where mm. you can say like, I have a Brista Touch. Um, my coffee's not running well. And we will help you on video live to make a oh, coffee wow. yeah which i don't know i i'm hoping we do it forever it's a very costly endeavor but it's incredible <laughs> like honestly the 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 demonstrators who lead that project are super knowledgeable more mm. so even than like if i went to a coffee shop and asked a barista like i've got a i've got machine x and i want your help darling in you know if there's a queue behind me i'm not going to get any help <laughs> or more importantly, mm. if that barista hasn't used that machine, like they're not going to be able to help. And these yeah. these demonstrators, are like they know every issue you're going to have because they've seen mm. like people only have so many issues with their coffee machines. So they they're super helpful. They get you from A to Z like really quickly. And the goal is like in fifteen to thirty minutes, you'll you'll go from I bought a seven hundred pound machine and I made some stuff that tastes pretty pretty awful to like <laughs> I've made a fat light. Like I've made yeah. a fat white. It's like a coffee shop. I'm having a great time. Yeah, um, <laughs> it works. Um, and our, our only issue is we just want more people to do it. To be honest, because yeah, and even even for yourself, like we we kind of we tried the physical piece and we kind of can't do it because it's it doesn't train enough people. Um, yeah. And the idea is just like teaching the basics. So when they come, if you if you do a class or if any speciality coffee shop across the UK does a class, like they can come in with the basics, right? <laughs> they can come in and, and it's not this, you know, three hour, six hour course. It's like, I know how to make coffee basics and I want to learn the rest. I want to learn the finesse. This latte art class actually kind of makes sense now as opposed mm -hmm. to I'm doing a latte art class because I, I don't know what the terminology is for calibration. <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't yeah. know what that class is called. I don't know where to find it. <laughs> um, so hopefully it's sort of building up this knowledge base of our user group um, mm. But we do tons of stuff. Like there's a Facebook group where you can ask loads of questions internally that we monitor. We're on loads of coffee forums. Essentially anywhere we can think of to help you, you as in anyone 
that has a sage machine but also pretty yeah. much just anyone make mm. good coffee like we're in um we're mm. we're committed to that as a goal um we just need to get in touch with people essentially <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and does that kind of support extend to like looking after your machine as well because obviously we know like uh commercial machines you know it's important to have good water filtration yeah. and cleaning routines and all that kind of stuff does that yeah you know, i imagine that that's a similar kind of thing for you guys like making sure people are looking after their machines because the last thing you want is no coffee right pretty much yeah it's the, i mean it's the biggest issue for us it kind of it's a two-edged blade in that we offer a two-year warranty on all our machines um so if they, if they break in the first two years which if you have really hard water it will like full disclosure mm -hmm. for any machine not just sage um yes. So teaching, teaching descaling, like again, it's it's kind of this uh, multi multi pronged attack on a consumer to figure out how to get them to do stuff. Um, like changing the water filter, most of the machines will tell you. They'll say it comes with a water hardness test. It will then like remind you at vol volume based intervals, like how much water is running through the machine, to say change my filter, please. And if you do that, they last ages. Like it's it's the only company I've ever worked for where. We go to like trade shows and festivals, and we talk to our customers as much as is as much as is possible, as much as customers will talk to us. Um, and they all like either some of them are like, "Yeah, I've had the machine six months. I've done nothing, and it broke." Um, mm. That's our worst case, and we're like, "Cool, we'll help you out. <laughs> like, it's really warranty. We'll, we'll help get you yeah. there." But we kind of need to teach you how to prevent this in the future. And others yeah. who are like, "I've had the machine eight years. It works well." And it's like yeah. a weird conversation to have with a customer where they're just like, "It's great. I love it." no no additional questions and you're like yeah, cool that's nice like, so yeah, cool. Easy. <laughs> yeah luckily having accurate temperature accurate pressure the correct dose and milk steaming like those things are from when we first launched the machines to now like we've made it quicker we've made the milk steaming a little bit easier but like even the Bristol express still still makes great coffee it's like oh, yeah. one of our oldest machines so yeah the dual boiler is the second oldest and that's also like still I wouldn't say industry leading right now just because of its age and there's a lot of weird and wonderful dual boiler machines out there now but like mm. it, it still makes incredible coffee without mm. <laughs> no hesitation on that one like it still yeah. works that we didn't have to yeah. change any of that stuff italian espresso or like the italian ideology of espresso hasn't really changed pressurized coffee yeah. is still still it it is, isn't it? You go, you can go back, you know, as, as far as you want, and it, it's all about the same, isn't it? I mean, it's come a long, a long way, but <laughs> the fundamentals yeah. are there. We tried to back it up with science. Now everyone's like, ah, oh, well, there's these studies yeah. and stuff, and you're like, yeah, it does all this stuff, but it seems to just prove what we already have yeah. <laughs> is correct. Yeah, and like groundbreaking stuff. They're like, man, you need to use seven grams of coffee. Like, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> at least i hope not uh, yeah. for your sake <laughs> oh brilliant and, and have you got any kind of other new products or anything coming out in the future that you're particularly excited about yeah for sure i mean the it's not new um but the the one i'm most excited about is is beans so we have a website called beans.com um yeah. which is actually managed by the 2018 world Brister champion um so Agnieszka and she essentially it just gets you coffee. It's this like first point of in, interaction to say like mm -hmm. you've got your machine, here's some coffee, with the hope of just giving people this value idea of like if I spend seven pounds in a bag of coffee, I need to check it's really good, and then it should mean that when they come to you, when they come to any like amazing roaster, they have a value that they're not going to say like yes. can you do me a better price? Yeah. Do you have any bargain basement stuff that I can still put my, through my machine that tastes good? 
because uh, we just need to know, people to understand that like you you pay more you you often get better like that that works uh, yeah. but in addition to beans so like for beans to be honest i would still recommend like go to a local coffee shop or roastery um don't tell yeah. beans.com i've said that um, but, yeah. but i mean we are broadcasting <laughs> this podcast so i mean uh, yeah they might find fine. out but... that's fine <laughs> obviously you'll get beans probably free with every machine we sell and it's, it's incredible um yeah. but also like reach out to your community um mm. but the the other one is the bristol express impress um mm. so we've We've created this impress puck system that's incredible. Um, it'll actually be at Ken Coffee Festival um, on display nice. alongside a dual boiler. So, you know, please come visit me on stand. Um, but it, that system, so uh, to put it in perspective, we see our, if we see our two user groups as I don't want to do anything, I just want to go coffee, and I want to, you know, traverse the entire world of coffee. So, like, I get lots of free coffee. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. And you want to try it you want to try it all and to calibrate each yeah. new coffee in for espresso is really annoying even as from for a professional barista um mm. so like for me the impress puck system it gives you a perfect 10 kilo tamp um with the lever assisted it automatically realigns your dose so you don't have to use a scale or anything it just helps you get there and it learns mm -hmm. from that process um and then it extracts exactly as before so it means Whereas before I had this wonderful task of going to roasteries with like a Brista Pro and trying to calibrate it in like two shots, which yeah. is like, is really hard. Like, <laughs> like actually really hard. <laughs> and I have to pretend I'm really chill about it. Like I can do this, this is fine. Yeah. Um, the Brista Express is impress. I just put any bag of coffee in the top and I can get a good shot in, in the second shot with like no work. And mm. for for the new user who's just come from pods, it's it's so close to that experience where you can mm. you can put we still recommend like get a nice blend, get your forever coffee and like stick with it and maybe try other ones when you, when you feel adventurous. Um, yeah. But it means you can literally just put any coffee in the top as long as it's good. Um, it'll help you get the dose. You make a few changes to your grind size and you'll get incredible coffee. Um, mm. So it's great for like me, I get lots of free weird and wonderful coffees from around the world. And that means I can, I can try them all without wasting kilos and kilos of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> People often send like 200 grams and you're like, this is, I might get one good shot with my previous yeah. trade-off, quite wasteful. And now I'm like, cool, you know, probably first or second shot, I'll have a great shot. So that's, British Express Impress is the most exciting, for me, it's the most exciting product we've launched in five years. Um, yeah. Easily just because of that interaction piece. It seems like a simple thing, but just that simply aligning dose, fully normal, like making it super consistent on tamp, mm. um, and, and doing that piece, like back to the competition piece, uh, I think Gwilym Davies said it as well, as, in essence, like any barista who refuses like a, a puck press, a system just to tamp perfectly is, is stupid. Like they're not truly believing in mm. how consistency gets great results. And mm. this gives you perfect tamping every time. Like let's say mm. it's not ideal puck press and you're not like, you don't have 50 different tools to mess with your consistency, but it's super consistent like mm. unbelievably so and it means that the shots are unbelievably consistent which is great mm. like <laughs> that's well, just enough. so easy yeah and, and that's like if you if you're spending eight nine ten pounds on a bag of coffee plus 
and you're tipping it in your in your machine, you don't want to be you know wasting half of it as we've all been there, dialing in copies and or getting to the yeah. end and be yeah. like, oh, I've got it right, and that's it, <laughs> run out now. Yeah, uh, I need to so yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a, a great feature. So um, this year, Sage is sponsoring the Batchbury Bar at the Kent Coffee Festival, which is very exciting, and we're showcasing the Precision Brewers. What are you looking yep. forward to about this year's Kent Coffee Festival? Trying loads of filter coffee. So it's like, it's one of the most awkward truths about me. Um, I don't want to lie to anyone. I, I drink filter coffee at home, uh, majoritively. Yeah. So unless I'm testing a new product, I and the setup that we've installed for the brew bar is the setup I have at home. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm really excited to see a, a bunch of different roasters trying out different batch and hopefully nice. a bunch of different attendees trying out loads of different batch coffees. Cause for me, that's like the most exciting part of coffee. Um, mm. But if you're into espresso, I'm also really excited for people to try out their impress. So we'll have the impress um, system alongside the dual boiler. And it's uh, back to that piece. Like we just want to, we just want to ask the public the simple question of like, how involved do you want to be, man? Mm. <laughs> and hopefully yeah. they'll figure out between the two systems, you know, like I love this piece or I want to be really hands-on with this piece. Um, so the brew bar I'm really excited about, I think filter coffee's underserved, even in specialty coffee shops. Like even, I live in London, it's hard to find. Like I go to coffee shops all the time and you ask for a batch brew, either it's not on the menu, they give you an Americano, which like isn't the same thing, just just open as well. Or that, you know, they have it on the menu, but it's it's out, like it's gone cold. Mm. It, it, It was extracted too long ago. And you get this rubbish experience. So yeah. there's a few places that do really well, and I'm hoping Kent Coffee Festival will be like a, a mecca of of the best Absolutely. batch brewed coffee in the world. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's hope so. I mean, I, I you know second that completely. Like the amount of times you walk into a coffee shop wanting a tasty filter, and you walk out disappointingly with a long black, and you're like, it's fine, but it's yeah. not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is three pounds yeah. poorly spent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And so you must kind of go to lots of events and, and coffee festivals. Why do you think they're important? And why do you, what do you think they do for the uh, specialty scene? Um, I mean, they're incredible because it gives you a chance. I mean, for I guess I in, to answer in two ways. The first for Sage is incredible because like we literally just want people to get hands on to understand is a coffee machine right for me? So we want to we want to defear this idea that like I know I keep saying coffee's hard, but like, it's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, so you won't be able to touch the machine, like make a coffee on it and realize, cause that the number one thing we do when we train people, like people will say like, I can't do that. Like I can't, mm. you know, the steam coming out of the machine, it's making weird sounds. And then they make a coffee, they try it and they're like, there's a pride, there's a joy on their face. And that you can see them envisioning like, man, I could do this every day and I would love it. And we want to give people that experience like every time. And then for me personally, like it's the only, they're the only opportunities where you can meet every single one of your favorite roasters that you might've only seen on like Instagram or when you travel to a place, like I live in London, but even I don't go to the, you know, the, the, the beer moths of the coffee world are all here, mm. but I don't visit them mm. all the time. And mm. for coffee festivals, they bring really cool stuff. Um, and then I guess the final bit is just like trying out new tools and tricks and like, toys at festivals because yeah. a lot of people bring weird stuff so it's yeah threefold like showcasing our own, our own like i genuinely enjoy interacting with our customers and helping them make great coffee because it's something i believe in um trying different coffees from around the world because 
it's definitely cheaper at festivals than buying a hundred bags of coffee to your house Um, and then finally like just yeah messing around with stuff and and chatting to people about like the weird and wonderful stuff they're doing in coffee yeah amazing well thank you so much for your time luke it's been an uh, absolute pleasure and uh if i don't see you before i will see you in margate in a couple of weeks time incredible thank you so much i'll see you then see you then There we go. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much to uh, Luke for joining me uh, on this episode of the podcast. Um, I hope everyone found that really interesting. I think um, the explosion of people making coffee at home is uh, like a, an interesting thing that's come out of the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, it's just interesting to hear the, the behind the scenes of that, really. Um, of course, if you're coming to Kent Coffee Festival this weekend, pop by the uh, stage stand and you can see some of their kit in action um and uh have a play with with their coffee machines so yeah that's the end of the series thank you so much for um everyone who's listened um thank you to our sponsors the green coffee collective um do check them out on instagram at green coffee collective or visit their website greencoffeecollective.com um thank you to all my guests throughout the series um everyone has a different tale to tell and um so many interesting interesting stories and uh as you can probably tell i love talking to people who talk about coffee so it's uh, all good fun um i'll also be at the kent coffee festival of course this weekend um the 19th and 20th of november in dreamland of course if you're listening after those dates then you've missed you've missed it and um more for you but uh, you'll have to check it out next year and hopefully you still enjoy listening to this uh, this podcast so all that's left for me to say is have a lovely uh, rest of the year and um, who knows might see you for series four sometime soon <laughs>